Tonight, if you have your Bible, let's turn over to the book of Ruth. I thought about going to the book of Hebrews 11 and finishing out our thoughts there in that text. But as we heard the testimonies tonight, I believe the Lord would have us to go to the book of Ruth and read just a few verses of Scripture and bring a message. I prepared this message just for today. And uh, as I said, I preached it recently in Alabama and uh, was not going to preach it today, but the Lord has impressed on my heart to turn to this text for this evening. So if you have your Bible in the book of Ruth, chapter number one, let's stand in reverence to the reading of the word of God. Ruth chapter one, we'll begin reading in verse number 14. I'm gonna read a few verses, but um, we'll not be long in the message tonight. Verse number 14 of Ruth chapter one, and they lifted up their voice and wept again, and Orpha kissed her mother-in-law, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, will I die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. When she saw that she was steadfastly minded to go with her, then she left speaking unto her. So they too went until they came to Bethlehem. And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them, and they said, Is this Naomi? And she said unto them, Call me not Naomi. Call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home again empty. Why then call ye me Naomi, seeing the Lord hath testified against me, and the Almighty hath afflicted me? Naomi, so Naomi returned, and Ruth the Moabitess, her daughter-in-law, with her, which returned out of the country of Moab, and they came to Bethlehem, in the beginning of barley season. Let's pray. Fathers, we bow before you tonight. We thank you for what our hearts have felt, what our eyes have seen, and what our ears have heard on this Lord's day. Thank you for the wonderful testimonies tonight of the good grace of God in the matter of salvation and service and provision. Lord, we thank you for everything that's been sung, for every testimony, for every witness. Now I pray, Father, tonight that you may once again encourage us, challenge us, and God, may you change lives tonight for your glory. Thank you for all your great provisions and all that you have done today through our home church. I pray your continued blessings upon this ministry. Bless our pastor, empower him, fill him, anoint him, use him out on the road and here in our church. God, you know the needs of this ministry. And Father, you know that resources that'll be needed for that building on that property. And so I ask you tonight, by faith, that you'll provide. And Lord, when it's provided, I pray that it will have to be in a fashion that no one would guess as to how it was done, for everyone would have to say, God did it. So we ask tonight, in your name, amen. You may be seated. The book of Ruth is a book on the kinsman redeemer. 
I don't believe I've ever heard a message preached from the book of Ruth that was not dealing with the subject matter of redemption or the kinsman redeemer. But as I was studying through the book of Ruth recently and reading on the matter of redemption, the Holy Spirit began to deal with me on the subject matter of faith. And I believe that Ruth is a prime example of faith in the Bible. You see, faith requires commitment, and if there's anyone that's committed in our Bible, especially in the Old Testament, it would be Ruth. Ruth, the Bible says in chapter number 2 and verse number 7, and she said, I pray you let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. So she came and noticed her commitment and hath continued even from the morning until now, and she tarried a little in the house. Ruth was a committed young lady. She was a lady that, of course, and I'll not take time to go into all of the historical background of this text leading up to uh, chapter number one and verse number 14, but Orpha and Ruth's husbands have passed away along with Elimelech, Naomi's husband, and now Naomi has no sons in which the uh, daughter-in-laws can wait to wed and have a husband and continue in the lineage of that family. And so she encourages both of them to return. And notice the Bible says in verse number 15, and she said, behold, thy sister-in-law, Naomi speaking to Ruth, is gone back unto her people and notice this, unto her gods. And so we find that Orpha chooses to return to her people. She chooses to return back to the old ways of life. She chooses to go back and turn from the God of Naomi to turn to the gods of the Moabites. And she fades from the pages of God's eternal word. Orpha's name is never found again in the Bible. But here was a lady by the name of Ruth. And Ruth says to Naomi in verse number 16, and Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go, and where thou lodgest, I will lodge, and thy people shall be my people. She says, I have forsaken my people. I am now willing to accept your people, and your God shall be my God. And so we find that where Orpha turned and went back to her old people, her old culture, her old habits, her old friend and her old family and her gods, now Ruth, in the contrast, chooses the God of Naomi. Naomi is not able to provide for Ruth. In fact, they return home And the Bible said the citizens came out and said in astonishment, astounded at the sight of Naomi and says, is this Naomi? Is this the one that went out, Naomi? And notice what Naomi says in her own testimony down in verse number 20. And she said unto them, call me not Naomi, 
Call me Mara, for the Almighty hath dealt very bitterly with me. I went out full, and the Lord hath brought me home empty. And so Naomi testifies of the fact that she does not have enough to take care of herself, much less Ruth. But Ruth chooses to follow and stick with Naomi. My friend, that is what faith is. It is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. There are three direct beneficiaries of Ruth's faith in the book of Ruth. There is, of course, Naomi, Boaz, and Ruth herself. Now I want to share with you very quickly tonight three things that we learn from Ruth concerning the matter of faith. Notice in chapter number two in verse number three. For the Bible says, and she went, and this is speaking of Ruth, and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And her hap was to light on a part of the field belonging unto Boaz, who was of the kindred of Elimelech. Notice, if you would, the word hap. The word hap in our text, it literally means by chance or by providence. It is the providence of Almighty God that leads Ruth in the right field, in the right portion of the field, to the person who owns the field, who is a kindred to Naomi, and it is he that God will use to supply the needs of Ruth. And my friend, I want to just say right here, if I may, and get a little ahead of myself and say this. I have found in studying the Bible and living as a missionary for 33 years that faith and providence somewhere along the line will always have a head-on collision. God always leads by faith according to his divine providence tonight. And in the providential hand of God, we find that Ruth is led to labor in the exact field that is in the providence of God to provide her need. The Bible tells us of the gleaners in the scriptures that they were to go out and those who would harvest the field in the book of Leviticus chapter number 19 and verse number nine, God commanded that when you gleaned the field, when you harvested the field, that they were to cut their corners wide. And the reason for that is they would allow the poor folks to come in and the needy people to come in and to glean in the harvest. And God said to Israel, I will not bless you according to what you have brought in in the harvest. God said, I will bless you according to what you leave in the corners for the poor and the needy. 
And may I say to you today that it is not what we have and what we store up in our uh, savings accounts and our IRA accounts and our investments, and I'm not preaching against those things, but I'm saying to you those are not the things when God blesses us for. God blesses us for what we give to the work of his ministry and give to the work of God. In the book of Deuteronomy, chapter number 24 and verse number 19, God commanded them that they would not go back through the field after they had harvested and not only were they to cut their corners wide, but what grain had fallen from the harvest was to be left in the field to take care of the needy. When Boaz commanded his servants to leave handfuls on purpose, Ruth is having a head-on collision with the grace of God and the provisions of Almighty God. And may I uh, say to you tonight that that is grace. And faith will always lead to the providential hand of Almighty God. We do not know how, we do not know where, we do not know of which resource, but by faith we go out and we live for God and we work for God and God leads in his providential guidance and hand upon our life to the right place, to the right people, to the right church, to the right source, and God supplies the need. That's faith and providence. You see, God is able to do this. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter number one and verse number 19, and what is exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. And just as Boaz, Ruth was led to the right corner of the field that belonged to him, so God leads his people to the right place because of his exceeding greatness, because of the exceeding riches of his grace. It was the goodness of Boaz that prompted uh, him to command the reapers to let fall handfuls on purpose. And may I say to you, my friend, that's exactly what God does with us. He leaves handfuls on purpose a little bit along life's journey. I remember when Dr. Garris, the late president of Rock of Ages ministry, was diagnosed with cancer. And about two weeks prior to our national conference at Franklin Road Baptist Church, he was diagnosed with cancer and become bedridden and was unable to go. And I had a two weeks notice to get everything together for our national conference. A meeting where all of our missionaries across America and some from the foreign fields would gather in for that week of meetings. And I knew that Dr. Garris was like us and many of our missionary families. And I don't say this tonight to poor mouth or anything. Oh, my friend, I have nothing to poor mouth about. I serve a God who has met every need and he has led me by his divine providence to the right corner, the right field. We have no bank accounts. 
In fact, the home we live in, I didn't finish the story this morning, but from the first house we lived in that was rat and roach infested, down through the years, every home we've ever owned has been a remodel and a redo. The one we have now sat empty for 10 years and it's uh, God gave us, it's a nice home and we're grateful for it. But I don't plan on living there the rest of my life. It's what I call our retirement home. It's not a home that we're gonna quit and put our feet up on the easy chair and take it easy, but it is a home that we're investing in so we can sell it and live our last days serving God and live on the investment of it, the dividends and invest it in the work of Almighty God. And I knew that Dr. Garris didn't have uh, health insurance and life insurance and anything to pay off their home. And I had it on my heart to try to raise the funds to pay off their home that night. And I'd waited all the way through in that meeting and I thought, well, it doesn't seem like the Holy Spirit has given me liberty to do that. But on one night I stepped to the platform to introduce our next speaker and the Holy Spirit of God said, now's the time. Our usher stood and I laid out the burden that God had placed on our heart. And God's my witness. Within 15 minutes, over $125,000 had come in that night to help pay off the debt on their home. And I remember calling Dr. Garris and having a conference call and telling he and Miss Judy what God had done for them. And I remember Brother Garris saying that night, the devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. The devil's a liar. He had me convinced I'm leaving Mrs. Judy with a hundred and something thousand dollar debt and the devil had convinced me I'd failed. The devil is a liar. Before that week had ended, $185,000 had come in. By absence, by providence, faith and providence will have a head-on collision. I don't know where, I don't know how, I don't know how long. But you mark it down. There'll be a new building up off the bypass here before long. At Rock of Ages, we have our excavation done. We're getting ready to, by the good grace of God, to pour a slab. You say, why? Because I believe that faith without works is dead. And it reminds me of Hudson Taylor one time when he was on a ship sailing and the captain came to him. They were going between two straits. And the wind died all of a sudden and they were stranded in the rocks. And the captain had heard that there was a missionary on board that knew how to pray and get hold of God. And he knocked on Mr. Taylor's door. He said, are you Hudson Taylor? He said, yes, sir, I am. He said, what can I help you with? He said, I'm the captain of the ship and we're stranded in a strait and we're about to be dashed on the rocks. 
and I need you to pray and get hold of God. Can you do that? He said, I can pray. He said, but first you gotta horse the sails. He said, man, I can't do that. My shipmates will think I'm crazy. He said, pray for wind and we'll hoist the sails. Why is the wind's not from the right direction and crashes us against the bank and the rocks? Hudson Taylor said, I'll not pray until you hoist the sail. After a while, reluctantly, the captain hoisted the sail. Hudson Taylor bowed on his knees and began to pray. All of a sudden, a wind came up. And after a while, it was almost a gale force wind. And the captain came and knocked on the door. He said, Hudson Taylor, Hudson Taylor, quit praying. We got more wind than we know what to do with. That's grace, my friend. That is the providence of God by faith. Hoist yourselves tonight and pray to the God of heaven. I'll not take the time tonight, but time and time and time again in these 33 years of missionary service, God has led us to the right place and the right time when there were breakdowns or mechanical issues or financial needs at the right time, as Miss Ellis testified, God always came through. Amen. Notice, if you would, just a few things in our text. The Bible tells us in chapter two and down in verse number eight, then said Boaz unto Ruth, Hearest thou not, my daughter? Go not to glean in another field, neither go from hence, but abide here fast by my maidens. Notice that her faith summoned divine favor. And faith always summons divine favor. Notice secondly in verse number nine. Let thine eyes be on... Let Thine eyes be on the field that it, they do reap. Go thou after them. Have I not charged the young men that they shall not touch thee? Faith not only summons divine favor, faith summons our springs a divine fountain. He tells her to go to the water and drink all she wants. And then in verse number 12, we find that faith secures divine fullness. For the Bible said that she had a full reward. There is a little church in Des Moines, Iowa. I have preached their missions conferences for the last 15 years. I have practically begged the pastor to get someone else. As of last year, I'd preached 96 different missions messages before the week began in that pulpit. And I love preaching there. They're great folks. They're just a small uh, hand uh, full of people that love God. Started out, they had about 36 uh, giving units in the church, given to missions. And um, now it's down to about 28. And preacher had a theme here a couple of years ago. It said on the big banner, either give, or no, it said give or go. And he's talking about giving to missions or go on the mission field. And I said, preacher, I'm not real sure how to take that. Either give it or go. Get out of here. And um, anyway, long story short, he texted me this afternoon. Only about 28 people in there. Only two people have a decent paying job. A lot of them on fixed incomes. 
And he texts and said, glory to God, hallelujah, shouting it out, running the aisle, swinging from the chandelier. He said, today we pass the $1 million mark to world missions. And he said, we're on our way to $2 million. Faith and providence. Notice secondly with me tonight, faith and divine provision. In chapter two and verse number 11, and Boaz answered and said unto her, it hath fully been showed me all that thou hast done unto thy mother-in-law since the death of thine husband. And now thou shalt, thou hast left thy father and thy mother and the land of thy nativity and art come unto a people which thou knowest not henceforth. And we find here that Faith led Ruth to God's divine provision. In fact, in our text, we find that Ruth was provided for according to her work, according to her testimony, according to her faith in serving God. We find in chapter number 12, uh, chapter number two and verse number 12 that God recompensed her reward and her work. And the word recompense literally means to reciprocate. And so God said, according to thy work and thy labor, I will give back to thee. Luke 6, 38, given it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over shall men given to your bosom. And that is a Principle, in fact, that has one word of promise or one word of command followed by 39 words of promise. One word of command, give. And the other 39 words in Luke 6, 38 are all promises. But I want you to notice something in this text. God said, give and it shall be given unto you good measure. The word good measure, it means of quality. It literally is connected to the standard of measurement which is given. And if I can just summarize this really quickly tonight, this is what he's saying. Give, and God said, I'm looking at the gift, and I will return according to the standard and the quality, the good measure in which you give. We've got it all backwards. We're waiting on God to provide so that we can give in an offering. We're waiting on God to give so that we can give. We've got it all backwards. God said, give, and it shall be given unto you. You see, God's waiting on you and I to take the very first step. We have made commitments this year through the ministry and even our church that we didn't have, but by faith we made those commitments. And we prayed and we went out, we hoisted the sail, and God has provided every single need. He has never failed. By the way, can I just say this? Minding your image of God will determine how much we're willing to give and how far we're, able, we're willing to go.
Faith without works is dead. Notice, if you would, just a couple of quick truths. In verse number 14, she sat at the table prepared by Boaz. She was satisfied with his provisions, and she had a significant portion. I'm going to get this out, and I'm getting ready to close. Ruth started out with gleanings. Then she moved to handfuls on purpose. And then she was able to labor among the sheaves. You know what the difference is? The sheaves are the big bundles of grain that have been harvested and they've been wrapped up and they're stacked up in the corner of the field. It is whole stalks of grain. She comes with nothing. Then she gets gleanings. And then she has handfuls on purpose. And now Boaz said, let her labor among the sheaves. Let her labor among that which is already harvested. Let her labor among that that is ready to be sent in for, uh, for the finality of the prophet. Let her labor among the sheaves, he says. Can you imagine what Naomi must have looked like when Ruth come home with two big old sheaves and her arms full of grain. I want to say this tonight. Naomi went out full and she came home empty. Ruth went out empty and she came home full. I just want to close tonight and with just these two thoughts in this text. Would you be willing tonight to hoist yourselves Wait for that breeze and trust God for great things. Without faith, you'll never experience what God has in store. Time would fail me to tell you the great things God's done over the years. I'm going to close with this tonight as we get ready for the invitation here of the instruments. It's been about two or three years ago Someone came into the ministry and said, you know, Brother Ellis, I'm tired of eating dust every time I come off that main road into the property. It's about 850 feet from the main road to where the office complex is. And they said, when do you plan on paving the driveway? I said, when God provides. They said, well, when is that going to be? I said, I don't know. They said, well, we should get it paved. We're tired of eating dirt. I said, join with us in prayer. They turned and walked away, went around the corner of the office for a moment, came back just moments later, tore a check out of the checkbook, handed it to me and said, here's $50,000. Pray, tell me, do something. I'm tired of eating dirt. I wanted to pave one half and leave the other half dirt and tell him he had to leave over there so we get the rest of it. Just joking. But I'm just simply saying, what have you done? to hoist yourselves. Have you put God to the test? Ruth is a prime example of faith tonight. And I just wondered, ask you tonight, would you be willing to come to an altar and say, Lord, tonight, by faith, I'm going to commit myself to you. By faith, I'm going to trust your providence. By faith, I'm going to trust your provision. By faith, I'm going to trust your protection. Our fathers, we bow before you tonight.
Again, we ask you to take the thoughts from the book of Ruth, use it for your glory. And I pray tonight, our Father, that you may send forth missionary labors. Lord, that you'll raise up those that have the resources and are willing to turn them loose for your glory. Our Father, tonight, I pray that you may help us to forsake all to follow Christ. And I pray that you may help us tonight that we'll live by faith. For we ask it in Christ's name. Heads bowed and eyes closed.